0: work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and, and online at Lucky Com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of Papa Newt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co hosts Dr. Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Michigan, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, Miss Aida of MissAida.com in Detroit, Michigan bringing us today's topic on St. Lazarus. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rupert, as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Contraman Ali. Miss Cat.
1: Hi, Papa Newt. Nice Hello. to hear your voice after we've been off the air for a couple of weeks. Um, things here are uh, going very quickly. <laughs> We're having a little last-minute scramble I probably shouldn't even tell the public about, but to get everything up ah. here online... Uh, it has now come up in duplicate and uh, oh, triplicate. Oh boy, okay. So um, whatever is happening here, um, Mr. Nagashiva, my tech guy, you're going to have to step in. This is not um, happening. What whatever you did didn't work. Thank you. <laughs> I am I am not in the chat room. I have three copies of the rundown, and. Um, that's it. So I hope that you will come here and fix things, either remotely or in person. Thank you. All right. He showed up. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> there he is. All right, folks. Well, you know, as um, um, as they say, it's live radio, and um, and it, things are chaotic sometimes. I see those Nagashiva. What is that? <laughs> Could you make that go away? Thank you. And how about that? Make that go away, too. Yay. Goodness. Thank you. He never curses. He just says, goodness. <laughs> Phew. All right. Now we're back to normal. Man. All better. All better. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord. Um, so, well, we've been off the air for a couple of weeks, uh, gone for the holidays, and um, hope everyone had a nice time. Things here are... Um, Progressing as usual, we've been doing the spiritual cleaning of the shop and I think we've about brought that to a close. I think today we finally finished cleaning out the pump house, which is where we do our herb dehydration and I want to thank Nicole for doing that last bit of cleaning. That was really greatly appreciated and um, means a lot to the smooth functioning of Lucky Mojo. So, I don't have much to say about um, my world right now other than I'm working very hard on books. I just uh, got in the full text of Miss Aida's um, next book, and Miss Aida is going to be a guest in just a few minutes. Miss Aida wrote um, probably the most popular book we've done in recent years, which was Cursing and Crossing. It came out last year. the thing is a runaway bestseller. And she's following it up with a fantastic book called Destroying Relationships. And the title says it all. It's about breakups and hot foots. It's about how to send people out of your life, how to destroy relationships, either between yourself and another or between two other people or groups of people. And I just finished editing it. I am very, very pleased with it, and we'll have her on as a guest in just a minute, but um, this book will be coming out in April, so look forward to it. I'm working on a book myself, and um, John St. Germain is working on a book, and Miss Phoenix, who's also regularly a guest here, is working on a book on money magic, and uh, so these books will be out in April, so uh, save your pennies, and really you don't need to save more than a few pennies because these books have a cover price of $9 each. Um, you know, not much more than a couple packs of cigarettes, depending on where you live. It might be just one pack of cigarettes. So um, John St. Germain's book is on lithomancy. Mm. Um, that is systems of sortilege with stones. <laughs> but he's also including in that coins. And um, and it's going to have some fantastic um, coin uh, magic, uh, you know, divination and magic systems as well. Wonderful material. Mm -hmm. Some new stuff that's never appeared in print, and some stuff that reaches back to the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Some stuff from England, some stuff from New Zealand, and some stuff from the good old USA. Really a a beautiful bouquet of divination techniques that... um, some of which are you know only known to private workers, really, and this is his um, kind of presenting it all to the public. This is little man. It'll be a good book. And um, Ms Phoenix's book, Cashbox Conjure, is just what it says it is. And my book is going to be about mojo hands. and uh, it's ninety six pages. it'll there'll be hundreds of mojos, uh, you know uh, formulas, recipes, whatever you want to call them, combinations, hands, basically, mojos for different. Um, purposes and different Mm -hmm. ways that they can be made and paper and leather and cloth and uh, wrapped, tied, folded, you name it. You know me. I do everything kind of from the most general to the most specific. So that's what my book is about. Anyway, that's what's been new here. Yeah, that's what's new here. Now um, how are things down in your world, Conjurman Ali?
2: things are are great. Two thousand and eighteen has started off to uh, you know a good start. I'm glad to to have you back um, and say hello to you for the first time in two thousand and eighteen. So that's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Um, I'm super excited about uh, your mojo. i'm I'm very much excited about mojo hands. Um so I'm looking forward to that without a doubt. Um, on my end of stuff, I, I've been busy trying to clean up a little bit. Um, I usually clean kind of three times a year. Uh, with the beginning of the year, I try to take away the old and bring in the new. And then I do another touch-up in spring and another touch-up in fall. But fall is more oriented towards mojo bags. Like the, you mentioned it, and it reminded me from fall in particular – is a period of time in which I kind of refresh any of the mojo bags that I've done for myself or for my clients. Um, so at the beginning of the year, lots and lots of, of cleansing that was happening. Um, I did my yearly reading, which I mentioned uh, last week on the show a little bit about, um, and, and that one, it's, that was certainly interesting. Um two thousand eighteen looks like it's gonna be a rocky year, um and it's gonna to continue to kind of a lot of the trends of two thousand and seventeen. But where two thousand and seventeen was about purging, two thousand and eighteen is all about the cracks finally coming apart and the scenes starting to burst. So so I'm
1: gonna have to I'm gonna have to tune in and listen to that in the archives because we were mm-hmm. um out. Uh, but I, I do have to say, um, I'm not such a formal uh, divination forecaster, perhaps as you for 2018. But whatever we all have been doing, it is working, okay? Yes. Cause, <laughs> um, yeah. It, you know, you the 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 goo is leaking out of the um, <clears throat> the edges now. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, with that, and what a crazy, crazy goo it is. <laughs>
1: I know I know well people people have been um sharing on Facebook some of their political magical spells or getting sharing that they 're getting together and working. The news of people um forming. Uh, witchcraft and other forms of religio magical circles to cast mm-hmm. spells against President Trump is actually making the national news now, oh, now they yeah. treat it <laughs> they treat it as kind of a joke. Oh, these witches are out there with their candles, but you know it's working folks, and I have it to is. say that when you're dealing with a person of power, one of the best ways to make them take them down. If you cannot say, hey, give him a heart attack and just squeeze his heart and he dies, if you can't do that, one of the best ways to work on a person of power is to make him reveal himself. And this is one of the things that's in Miss Aida's book, too, how to make a person burst forth with their ugliness so that they will be driven from a group um, simply by the use of agents like inflammatory confusion. So, yeah, this is Mm. going to be a year of inflammatory confusion in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Mhm. It's going to be interesting. Well, let's bring in our our guest, Miss Saida. Are you there? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Howdy. Well, it's it's <laughs> lovely to hear your voice, and I know you heard us praising your new upcoming book, Destroying Relationships. Now, I know today we're going to be talking about Saint Lazarus, and I don't want you to give away that whole book, but I'd like to just quickly ask you, what um the book, uh, Destroying Relationships, a little bit about it in, you know, a few words.
3: Okay, without giving away the book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, the book uh, uh, explores why bad things happen to good people, what kind of bad people are out there, why they do the things they do, and how to bring them down.
1: Yes. That's it. You brought up something. See, this the beginning part of the book really is about Mm -hmm. why you're having problems. In other words, um, you know, we we all we all know the stories. We hear them here on the radio all the time. Oh, my husband cheated, or I think he's cheating, or his ex is causing problems, or his mother-in-law is causing problems, and that is correct. Aida, the first part of your book is really about why bad things happen to good people, Mm -hmm. and it it's a it's a very good introduction to the the problems and then right. once and, you understand you know, what I really the like problem. about that
3: book is we cover the narcissist and the sociopath you know yes. a lot of these people are victims of narcissists mm. and sociopaths so that's right. you know when clients call in and, and they feel like they're responsible they did something wrong you know they put it all on themselves no that's not true and then we yeah. also briefly just dis, um discussed domestic violence.
1: Mhm. Um including yeah. emotional abuse. Yes, that's right. And that that is and not not to say that there's even a section though about have you made yourself a doormat, right? In exactly. other words, are you complicit in your own victimhood. But then after right. that, then it just gets into 134 break up in hot foot spells. I mean, pow 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 It's Miss Aida all the way. I mean, you are so tough. (laughs) You're tough, lady. It's a tough book. (laughs) Mm. Well, I'm very, very pleased with it, and I know it's going to be another really valuable book to to um, our friends, clients, customers, acquaintances, the public, and I predict it's going to be a great seller because of how valuable it is. There's no other book like your books, Miss Aida. This one is hard hitting, really hard hitting, and it has uh, spells that go way back in time to ones that were just written just for this book. It's, it's the, the tradition and the evolution of hoodoo in one book. It's amazing, just amazing. Plus which, there are contributions from a number of our friends in AIR, Conjuman Ali's in there. And, um, and so is uh, uh, Nate Steiniger. Is Papa Newt in there? I'm not sure. No.
0: Yes. I did no. not get a chance. No, you I did didn't not get into the breakup. <laughs> no, you're... No. me, I <laughs> Too didn't. much going I on. I everybody <laughs> in
1: there, I think. They all got <laughs> tired of me, but okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no,
1: well, you know, um, people, some people don't like to take on breakup or hot foot spells. They will maybe use them, but they're not going to take on clients who have those needs. I've done mm-hmm. it. I've taken on those clients, and you, Aida, and you, Ali. We play it oh, yeah. rough and tough when we have to. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so this book is, is going to help a lot of people who are workers to learn how to really get in there and, and bend a few minds. All right. Well, that's, that's enough of an ad for Miss Aida, but Aida, you are something. You are really something. That book is really amazing. Now, today our topic is actually St. Lazarus. So I'm going to introduce this the way I usually do, with a brief introduction. And I hope that the the links are going to be posted, because I don't have time to type them out while I'm talking. Um, if you're interested in St. Lazarus, and you saw the uh, pictures in Facebook, you saw pictures of a man... On crutches, he had a couple of dogs. He was um, rather um, sickly-looking, skinny, not well clothed. The dogs were licking his legs and so forth. Um, this is the St. Lazarus to whom we are referring. But mm-hmm. if you would go to the link to my webpage, com slash Saint Lazarus. Html, and that is S A I N T L A Z A R U S. dot Html. You'll find um, the problem that many people have found who are new to root work and new to folk magic and new to folk religion, and that is that there are two Saint Lazaruses,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the <laughs> I can hear Ollie going mm hmm mm hmm, and and you know. uh There is St. Lazarus the beggar, who was a Jew. He was not a Christian. Um, He was a Jew because Christianity hadn't yet been invented when he lived. And he is the St. Lazarus who became a Catholic folk saint and is also the entity who is petitioned in the Santeria Lucumí tradition. And we'll get into that. That's what Ms. topic is. There's another saint Lazarus, who was resurrected from the dead, he was a Christian because he was a follower of Christ Jesus and he was the um the brother of Mary and Martha of the famous um, uh, gospel song oh mary don't you weep oh martha don't you mourn mm-hmm. oh, I didn't martha, know that. That, yeah that's what they're that's what they're weeping and mourning about it says so yep. and that one is in the book of John. The first St. Lazarus is in the book of Luke, the second one in the book of mm-hmm. John. The second St. Lazarus or the St. St. Saint, Saint Lazarus of Bethany, he lived in Bethany, um, he is the one who died and Jesus resurrected him from the dead. Um, this caused, according to John, the, um, the collaborationist Jewish priests, who some considered to be illegitimate uh, in their office, who were collaborating with the Roman uh, colonial powers who were oppressing um, Israel at the time, Uh, they decided to possibly kill Lazarus because uh, Jesus had resurrected him from the dead and this made Jesus a miracle worker and people were freaking out and following him everywhere and listening to what he said. But they instead, according to John, decided to kill Jesus. And so the resurrection of Lazarus, ultimately, if you look at this Mm -hmm. as a narrative, is what led to the crucifixion of Jesus. And I could go into this uh, in more detail, but that's not the the guy we're talking about today. The guy we're talking about today is Lazarus, um, a beggar who lay down at the rich man's gate and begged for some crumbs from the rich man to eat and was only a tramp found dead in the street. And that story Jesus tells for a different reason. That story is about Moses and Moses' commandment in the book of Deuteronomy 15.7, that you should always feed the poor. And Dives, the rich man, uh, does not feed Lazarus and receives pretty bad punishment in the afterworld Mm -hmm. because of it. And that Lazarus... The one who then ends up in the bosom of Abraham and is rewarded for his faithfulness is the one who became the Santeria Orisha, or I shouldn't say became, was associated with the Santeria Orisha Babaluai. Now, having said all of that, I'm going to turn this over to Miss Aida, and she's going to take us back to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, so yes, uh, San Lázaro, if you don't mind, I'd prefer to say San Lázaro because it's hard for me to say his name in Mm -hmm. English. San Lázaro is portrayed, as you said, an old man wearing scraps of clothes with the crutches, and he's followed by the dogs who have licked his sores. And the Spanish-speaking followers also refer to him with extreme affection as El viejo Lázaro, the old man Lázaro. Mm-hmm. He is the Lázaro they go to church to pray to. He's a Lázaro they have on their altars. He's loved by the Cuban population. And you had mentioned the other St. Lazarus, and unlike the other St. Lazarus, you know, like you said, St. Lázaro was poor during his time on earth. Jesus does refer to him in a parable. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I do want to bring up is when you mentioned dives, who would not give him any food. Um, dives wore purple clothing, okay, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a significant because when we give candles to him, we can either give them to him in yellow, purple, or white. Purple meaning, meaning you're the king, San Lázaro. You're mm. you're the the gracious one. So anyway, um there is a song and it is by it was made popular by Desi Arnaz, you know, Ricky Ricardo, the guy that was married to mm-hmm. Lucy Arnaz. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the song goes, ba Ba-ba-loo, ba 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 lu aye. And I can't sing, so I apologize to all the listeners for hurting their ears. But <laughs> this song tells a story. And it's so funny. I looked up the interpretation on many websites, and all the interpretations were wrong. I, it was hilarious. Okay, but the song actually gives the spell. It gives the spell. Okay. Wow. The song is about. Oh, let me give you a little history on Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz is a Santero. Okay. He owed Babalu Aye something that I don't know. I would assume it's riches because in in Santeria we pray to San Lazaro also for for money. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he promised Baba Luaye that he would, San Lázaro, that he would popularize his name, and that's what he did. But the song is, if you remember, I have it posted on the Air Facebook page. I have it posted on the Cursing and Crossing Facebook page, and I have it posted on the Miss Aida Facebook page. And he is in love with this black woman, okay, mm-hmm. and he wants to go to saint Lazarus. Me pide. there you the though he says, me pide. he's asking for a few things he's asking that this black woman does not go after a black man, that he stays faithful to her that he that him that he loves her, that he mm-hmm. asked San Lazaro to give her money, he asks San Lazaro to make sure she lives a long life And the spell that I'm going to give at the end, which I'm going to alter a little bit, but he tells you the spell. He says, give me 17 candles so that I can form them in a cross. Give me a cigar. Give me a little money, which would mean 17 pennies, right, because 17 is Lazaro's name. And then he says, give me some aguardiente, which is a strong liquor that we give to some orishas, and San Lazaro is one of them. Okay, he also likes white wine. So he actually gives a spell in the song. Then at the very end, you hear boom, 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 all this fantastic, the drums, the drums, and he's looking up. Actually, he's looking up at a microphone, but he's giving the image that he's calling on San Lázaro. Wow. If, if you understand what he's saying, it is breathtaking. It, it gives you chills. I, and that's I wonder what, the song what Lucy
1: is about. I wonder what Lucy thought of that. Mm. <laughs> I wonder if she knew.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sure she did. I don't know much about Lucy. Um,
1: you know, I just—I
3: had to laugh when you were saying in the beginning, you know, about the other Saint Lazarus. And when I was growing up, my mother would go, "No, no." The tu San Lázaro, de tu San Lázaro, and I always got confused because I didn't get it. But yeah. anyway, um, when we give him, you know, offerings, you know, you had mentioned Miss Cat about his dogs by his side licking his wounds. One of the offerings we can give to San Lázaro is some milk and some bread for his dogs. Okay, and that's why I had said on a previous radio show that sometimes when I have problems with with my dog's health, I'll go to San Lafittle, okay? Mm -hmm. He is known for aiding the homeless, the poor, Mm -hmm. any type of illnesses, any type, but especially skin and bone problems. Um, He assists us with a lot of different things. Believe it or not, people don't know this, but you can go to him for love problems, just like uh, Desi Arnaz uh, and, you know, Ricky Ricardo did, okay? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that is kind of funny that I wanted to bring up, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring it up later with the spell, too, is that San La will pose as a, a beggar. Okay, mm-hmm. And it's so funny because the population in Miami and the population in Chicago, there are a lot of Santeros there, a lot of initiates mm-hmm. and a lot of Santeros. And the con artists will go out posing as beggars because they know that the Santeros have to give the beggars money because they're fearful that it might be San Lázaro in disguise. And it's hilarious. So, um, anyway... That's well, you know, how you, he you, and that's how San Lazzaro tests his de- devotees by pretending to be a homeless beggar.
1: You know, there's something interesting in that um, in that folk belief in the Jewish uh, interpretation of that particular Lazarus, mm-hmm. who I would not call a saint, but that man, um, mm-hmm. it, when. Um, Dive says, he's in a lake of fire, and he says, oh, to Abraham, please have, have Lazarus come and drip some water on my tongue so I won't suffer so much. And Abraham says, can't do it, sorry. And um, and then uh, Dive says, well, then send, resurrect Lazarus from the dead and send him back to earth to warn my five brothers, all of whom are greedy sons of bitches, just like me, and have them <coughs> do charity so at least they won't end up in a lake of fire. And Abraham says, no can do. Um, we're just going to hang out here together, and uh, your five brothers have the law of Moses and the prophets. And if they can't read that for themselves, they don't need to know about St. Lazarus. So among the Jews, that is said to refer to a specific piece of scripture that Moses dictated, which is Deuteronomy 15 and 7, which is about if you, have, if you find a poor person, you must give them charity. It's Get not out one of these here!
3: Deuteronomy
1: seven and what and which no, one? No, fifteen, fifteen and seven. Deuteronomy fifteen and seven, and wow. that is and that's see because Moses wrote mm-hmm. the Tanakh, you know. So that's a that's what's writing of Moses. So that's yeah. what Jews re- believe that uh, that. Um, Jesus was referring to, as a wisdom teacher in the Jewish tradition, that he's referring to, hey, you know, I, I, you don't need anything, but it's already written that you got to give to the poor or else, <laughs> right? Mm. Now, one of the things I have noticed, both among um, among people who are Jewish and who follow oh. these precepts and among people of Cuban descent who venerate St. Lazarus, as they would call him, When they see homeless people, and I've walked down the street with them, when they see homeless people who have dogs, which is quite common, they always give money to the dogs, right? Or here's extra money to buy food for your dogs, and that's considered an extra charity. It's not just like, here's $5, go buy yourself a, a burger. But here's $5 for you, and here's $5 for your dog. And I've seen so many people of Cuban descent do that, and I know why now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I can't get over how how many similarities there are in Santeria and the old Jewish ways. Uh, it's freaking me well, out.
1: Yeah, you know, um, we got here first, and (laughs) (laughs) we. I'm not going to say much more than that. We we're we're the forgotten people. Sometimes they think we don't exist. They think they killed us all, but they didn't. Anyway, um, (laughs) there's a in one of the um, uh, books. In fact, I think it may be in a couple of the books that we published. There is a a um, a spell that it goes under the name of Miss Aura's Coin Wash, and that is a uh, where you wash coins that you're going to be giving to the poor, and you recite that portion of Deuteronomy yeah. over them, and, um, and then set them aside. You can wrap them in a little white handkerchief, and then those coins are to be distributed to the poor, and you will be blessed for your uh, thing. That appears in the book um, Hoodoo Bible Magic by Miss Michael and Professor Porterfield, but it came from Aura LaForest's book on spiritual bathing originally. So there's
2: a interesting enough that money particular money that you give out to the poor that's meant to act as a blessing um is definitely uh part of uh, the tradition of St Lazarus in particular um I've I even even I have come across money just randomly that was dedicated to St Lazarus right and, and yeah. you see it written right on there uh, this is given on, on behalf of St. Lazarus. And you're meant to yeah. also – and there's a way of treating it, If you know what you're doing with that money or you know of St. Lazarus, you're also supposed to treat that money in a particular way, which means if you receive that money, you too are supposed to give it. It's a sort of pay it forward so that the money is constantly flowing. If that money reaches in your hands, you were supposed to give that money to someone in need, even though someone else dedicated that money, even though someone else gave it to, them, uh, to the poor first. If it arrives right. in your hand and you don't have need for it, you are meant to not hold on to it, not deposit it into your bank, but give, pay it forward and give it to another uh, poor person. That right. is correct. Now,
1: Ali, I've I got N- something to say here. In the chat room, Contraband Ali, there's a question for you. Is mm-hmm. there a special place or person in Kimbanda associated with San Lazaro? Because you're uh, initiated in Kimbanda, which is another African diasporic religion.
2: Yeah, um there are there are uh, connections with Saint Lazarus, not directly with him, but um Saint Lazarus is connected often with the with the King of the Souls or the Lord of the Dead, uh Eshu Omulu, uh, which is the Eshu of the Boneyard. Um Eshu Omulu is not believed to be Saint Lazarus, so I should be clear that there isn't a sort of syncretism that's happening in Kimbanda with Saint Lazarus, but rather that he is associated with Saint Lazarus. So there are the same kind of family of spirits or the same, they're related to one another in some way, shape, or form. And we find this in Kimbanda with some of the issues. More often than not, the saints are seen as separate, but within the kind of family, uh, St. George and St. Cyprian, for example, or, or, and St. Michael are all kind of famously part of the Kimbanda tradition, but they're not really syncretized with Eshues themselves. So Eshu Malu has a strong connection. Uh, Eshu Malu is a, uh, often depicted as a skeleton Um, and he is often associated with Lazarus. The first time I actually um, uh, encountered Lazarus was actually from a a Cuban man in Texas, Um, and it was interesting because I was aware of the parable of David and Lazarus from studying the Bible, um, specifically Jewish history, right? Um, So I was very familiar with it and familiar with with, uh, how it shows up in Luke as well, the story of, of Dons and Lazarus and the parable about wealth and giving to the poor. Um, and I was also aware of Lazarus, who was resurrected, Lazarus um, uh, of Bethany, right? And it was interesting that the first time I was encountered this man, there was man, there was a somewhat conflation of the two, as if the two mm-hmm. Lazaruses had become one, um, and associated in this, in this kind of new world tradition. For example, uh, they, the dogs were very clearly associated, but so too the man had a medallion uh, with a crutch on it. Well, the crutch is, is definitely Lazarus. Um, uh, and then there was also the feast day, which is generally in December. And this man told me very specifically that St. Lazarus or St. Lazarus is to be called upon for serious ailments, so leprosy, AIDS in particular. Uh, he was a he was a gay man himself. Um, AIDS and HIV were things that you would call upon Saint Lazarus for, and he would intervene and help and and kind of step in. And this was all quite interesting too, given kind of the Catholic Church's relationships with with uh, you know safe sex and condoms and whatnot. So Saint Lazarus, when I was first introduced to him, was basically the saint of the down, the spirit of the downtrodden who would come and help those that had been forgotten by everyone else, specifically diseases that forced you to become outcasts, right? AIDS, uh, leprosy, etc. And that has you a strong historical relationship. Uh, Lazarus the beggar is associated with one of the oldest medieval a military orders around and it was a, an order dedicated to leprosy so I haven't worked with him personally but he's always been present in the works of my colleagues and friends and I've seen altars and prayers to him and even the local uh, church there's a, there's a small kind of a, shrine where a lot of do work here in Southern California there is a small shrine set up for St. Lazarus and where people will sow milagros or place milagros on his altars specifically for helping them in dire situations be it about money, be it about financial issues or health issues or love issues, whatever they turn to him he comes through and and then they give their ex-votos and their prayers and their their offerings to him
1: yeah you know the the name of uh lazarus um is a um a very often identified with um hospitals and yeah. um and other you know things like that in uh, europe i mean that's a that is a very common he's very well known in europe as well as um, um uh as in african diaspora And in fact, if you were to go to Wikipedia and look up the word lazaretto, uh, and it says a lazaretto is a quarantine station for maritime travelers, and um, uh, items can be um, disinfected in a lazaretto. And um, Mm. I'll uh yeah so that is a, that's a very uh, common idea is that he is the one who will uh, both um be a place where those who need to be quarantined or outcast are kept until healed and also where things can mm-hmm. be fumigated or yes. um and cleaned and so yeah that's uh, that's what it means and um there's a there is a lot of um understanding in the Cuban uh, tradition Where And and, and Aida touched upon this. We're talking about a West African deity or spirit or um, entity of spiritual power, Babaluai, but the syncretization with this St. Lazarus has changed the meaning slightly, the intention slightly in the New World. It's different than in Africa, and yet... Very much similar. And among those who practice some of the more African or re-Africanized versions of um, African diasporic tradition, where they actually will go back to Africa and get initiated mm-hmm. there, they will usually not call him St. Lazarus. But those who um, have Cuban antecedents, like Miss Aida, will he's been known as... What we might call as covered by, or as associated by, or or identified with Saint Lazarus for hundreds of years, and so the two have been merged in a strange yeah. way.
3: I wanted to add one thing before our time is up, and that's before that dreaded bumper music comes on. Your time is up. I want to just you know say one other thing is this is a happy saint. He likes to dance. He likes mm. for you to
1: sing. He likes music
3: And I just well, wanted
1: you know, to that's touch a, on that I, I, Yeah I get that because Aida. I get that You know he, he was the one who wanted to come to Dives Festival And be part of that oh. Alright well I, I'm i sorry for the abrupt end But but uh, we will keep that thought He's a happy saint Let's turn this over to Papa Newt We're going to do some readings now For the public And um, Papa Newt How are things?
0: The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Contra Man Ali, and this week's special guest, Miss Aida, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down home contra remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through blog talk radio or via telephone by dialing 818 394 if you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop you'd read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is a first-time caller calling in from area code 818. Uh, and I did not get the state. Oh, this is beloved. Beloved, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here.
0: Hi, beloved. And which state are you calling in from? Um, state, Cal- um, California. Oh, California thank you all right and welcome to the show now I do see that you have had a reading with uh, Miss Cat on a separate uh, subject which that situation has changed but on this particular situation we're going to be reading on you have gone to other readers but nobody in air is that correct correct all right thank you and beloved writes worried about my love life dating a new guy Seems like all goes well in my relationships, then turns sour. Could I be crossed, or is this just the wrong man? Turn back to you, Miss Cat.
1: Okay, and I hope that whatever that hum is—the hum from Omaha—goes away. <laughs> that was uh, that was that was scary. Okay, um, it sounded like Omaha was being taken over by some weird robotic energy. All right, beloved. Um, uh-oh, I hope it's not Beloved's hum. No, no I turned on my air conditioner. It might be too loud. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we definitely didn't want that hum anymore. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so Beloved, um, if you've never had a reading with us, I'm going to give you a little bit of a of a heads-up on the way that I work. Um, I'm going to do a three-card reading with, for you, and I'm going to use the Rider-Waite-Smith Tarot deck because it's what I have in my handy pouch, and I'm pulling them out right now. But I'm going to ask you a couple of questions first. Um You um, are having a situation, obviously. You seem to imply that you've had this happen before with other love partners. Is that correct? Every single relationship. Everything around relationships. Okay. So Mm -hmm. question number one I'm going to have is, what is your sign of the zodiac? Sagittarius. Sagittarius. And about how old are you just generally? 40. 30. Okay. Well, i got one good piece of good news for you. 40. Oh, 40. 40, 40. Oh, make up your mm-hmm. mind now, baby. All right. Well, <laughs> I got a piece of good news for you this ain't about your Saturn return, but mm-hmm. um but now we we do see the the situation in Sagittarius. Now, I'm going to ask about this man. What sign is the man? He's a Libra. Libra. Okay. Well, Sag and Libra often go well together. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a. That's going to not be the cause of the problem. All right. So now I'm going to run three cards down on the table. I'm just going to put them down and see. The questions are: I, I guess you're worried. Um, could I be crossed, or is just this just the wrong man? Okay. So, uh, number one, I get the Knight of Swords. Well, that would be. Um, that would be your. Uh, your guy there, and he seems very disorganized. This is a man who is running um, basically into a battle based on the past. He's running to the left in the cards, which means he's running for the past. He's waving his sword. He is not protecting himself. He is spurring his horse, which is to say his physical body. And he is acting many ways, um, unprepared for battle, and yet um, in a, a situation that is not a great situation and he's disorganized in his thinking so don't know the man but i'm going to say this doesn't look like a curse so much as a wrong man situation mm-hmm. card uh, card number 2 is Even worse, and again, you don't know me, you don't know what kind of readings I do, but those who do follow this show know I don't like to give bad news. I'm not here to scare people, but the card is the devil. And um, the devil is a card that shows a, a naked man and a woman chained to a rock, and on the rock sits the devil. The devil is not holding them captive, but the man is sort of introducing his devil, his personal devil, to the woman. And she's kind of going... Uh-oh, I'm not so sure I like this. And um, and the man is kind of familiar with this devil. Again, this would not indicate um, a curse on you, but if anything, mm-hmm. a curse on him. Mm-hmm. Um, that That he himself is under some kind of a wickedness. There's something wrong with this man. So again, just with answering the question, wrong man or are you cursed? No, this is wrong man. Something has happened here to this man in his past, the way he was brought up, the way his mind works. um, He is not your best um, future partner. And I'm not going to put him down. don't know the man. don't even know his name. But I'm saying this is not good about the man. The Mm -hmm. third card takes a complete break from those in a different direction. It's the two of wands. And it shows a person... Uh, holding a globe of the earth and looking out over a bay of water, saying, I have a plan. I could sail to a new land. And holding a wand, and uh, beneath the wand, on carved on the wall, are two roses crossed with two lilies, which stand for love and blessings of various sorts, both sexual and mental, uh, spiritual blessings. And to his right is a, another wand in a bracket, this ain't the right man. You have a good plan. You are not cursed. But this man, you need to sail on um, to your new land. You wait for a new partner. I, I have a feeling, and again, I'm not trying to blame the man. I don't know the man. But um, this is not because you're cursed. This is something wrong with this man. And, you know, mm-hmm. when things like this happen to good people, um You know, we sometimes wonder, what did I do to deserve it? Now, you said these things have happened to you previously in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you um, another idea here. Again, not having to do with a curse so much as being a Sagittarius. Sagittariuses are people who are mutable. They are changeable. And of all the mutable signs, Gemini and Sag are the two most mutable. Um, They really, the others being Virgo and uh, Pisces, not quite as mutable. And uh, Sag and Gemini tend to be able to look on the bright side and journey on if they are stalled out in what they're doing. There's a negative to that. They sometimes journey on too quickly. They hit a little rough plot patch in the road and they go, I just got to go find someone else. I got to move. I got to move to another city. I've got to find a new religion. I've got to get a new job. I need a new lover. That is their most negative quality, Gemini and Sag. However, of the two, Sag is also the most philosophical and can take the longest view. So if you feel that this has been happening to you repeatedly, I would recommend you do a little bit of self-assessment. You're certainly capable of it as a Sagittarius, and say to yourself, "Why am I um, you know, uh not protected? And why am I not shielded? And how can I ask the divine, the universe, the god, the whatever it is you look to for help and assistance?" the spirit of humanity, whatever you want to call it. I want a lover and partner who will be the right one for me. But the third card says, the plan is good. That partner is not here yet. There may be a slight delay as you get to that partner. I'm not trying to, you know, you don't just call a radio show and they say, hey, break up with the dude, he's no good. But in this particular case, since you asked, is he the wrong guy? The answer I'm giving is, yes, he is the wrong guy. This is not your fault, and I'm not even going to go farther to say that it's his fault, but it is not the result of a curse that was placed upon you when you were an infant or a babe in arms or a fetus or uh, you know, when you were just hitting puberty, nobody cursed you and said, she will never find love. No, no. This is just the real guy. Okay. 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 All righty. Okay. Now I'm going to turn this over to Miss Aida, and she's going to do a reading on you. Thank you. Hi there, beloved.
3: Hello. Hi. You know, I got some interesting news. This always happens to me when I'm reading with Miss Cat or um, Conjure Man My readings are a little different, I lay out 21 cards. And the absolute middle house there's three cards in each house. The middle house is the absolute answer. You'll never believe what I've got in there. The devil, oh
1: no, okay <laughs> I,
3: got I it. saw that I went, woo, that it came out of Miss Cat's mouth, mm-hmm. all right. So they're telling me that the relationship, be- some relationship before that, it was with a, a water sign, was also a catastrophe. And they're telling me that you want, they're, they're telling me that you want a relationship. You want a steady, stable relationship. However, they're also telling me that your self esteem isn't that great. Okay, and you seem to settle because of your self-esteem, all right? You know what you want, but you're afraid to go after what you want, and you seem to settle, all righty? They're telling you to stop it because you have a lot to offer, and you are a beautiful person. You just don't see it in yourself, all right? So they're telling you to stop this confusion. They're saying a lot of this behavior is self-destructive because of your self-image. Put your head up, okay? Have more respect for yourself. And no, they're calling you an empress, but you don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. So part of this problem is you. Look up, take a look at that person in the mirror and appreciate what you're seeing.
1: That's all I have. Okay. 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 So what we have here is that And this card of the devil appearing twice is important to me. I Mm -hmm. when I see something like that I go, Okay you know, there of course there are only seventy eight cards in a tarot deck and we will get overlaps sometimes. But I had it as my middle card out of three, she had it as her middle card out of twenty one. And uh, this card indicates a number of things. Number one, the woman always loses when the devil card comes up. Um, number two, this uh, the man has um, problems governing his mentality, temperament, and mind. The woman is looking for something secure, but instead she's placed under restrictions or limitations. Yes, it can mean a curse, but it is almost invariably a curse associated with a guy. So if there is a curse, the curse was that you would always find the wrong guy, not that you mm. are cursed never to find somebody. <clears throat> so you might mm. want to do a cleansing, and Ali is going to talk about that too. But this man, I would say, is not the man for you. And, and I don't, again, don't know the man. I'm just saying there is there is something wrong here, and he is bringing you the most negative um aspects of his energy and he's disorganized besides and not really uh, doesn't really have his act together so let's turn this over to um ali now he's going to give you some root work advice and since you're new to the show i'll just explain this is going to be some recipes or formulas for work that you can do for yourself Mm -hmm. and you can write it down it will be in the chat log also if you want to uh, come on in on it. So, Contra Manali, tell her what you would recommend.
2: Thanks, Kat. Um, I, I've got to say that you've got, you've got some really good readings here. And if I were you, I would go back after the show's over and listen to the, to the recording, to the archive of this uh, one more time, because you got more than just kind of a divination. you got wisdom here. Um, And I think you you should, you know, listen and listen to the message that's coming across. Um, And I think Kat said, um, both Ms. Aida and Ms. Kat said something very important. Ms. Kat said, you need to do some self-reflection. And that's what we're going to start with. I think that is the starting point. Um, uh, As she mentioned, uh, Libra and Sagittarius are actually not a bad mix, but there is an element of kind of you need to know what it is that you're going to do or what it is that you want or what it is you're going to uh, want from the future and a partner that a Sagittarius sometimes needs. There's a certain restlessness, there's too much thoughts going on, it could be this, but it could be that. So we're going to have to really bring you into focus. So what I want you to do is take a piece of paper, and you're going to fold this in half, and you're going to make a line uh, right down in the middle. On the left-hand side of this, you're going to write down all the things that are wrong or unhealthy or frustrating about both this relationship and the relationships you've had in the past. The things that you can't stand, bad communication, uh, lack of commitment, uh, hot and cold when it comes to emotions, stinginess when it comes to money, whatever it is, you're going to write it down and make very clear what it is that you no longer want in your life. On the right-hand side, you're going to write all the good things that you found in this relationship as well, right? We don't know; uh, it could very well be that there's a lot of good to be to, to, to think about. So write about how uh, I loved, uh, how I felt in the relationship. I loved the passion. The sex was great, etc. Write that down. You're going to tear the list in two, so that you have two separate pieces of paper. You have the one with all the good attributes and one with all the bad attributes. The one with the bad attributes you're going to fold up, place into a heat-proof dish, a bowl or whatever, and you are going to put just a dash of Florida water on it. And you're going to light it on fire. Florida water is a cologne, a perfume, a water that is used to clear away, to cleanse. It has a cooling effect. It's used as offerings for the spirits. It's often lit on fire, but it's also used to clean and cleanse. You're going to let it all burn to ash. You're going to take a little bit of salt, and you're going to pour the salt over the ashes and you're going to mix it all together and you're going to take that mixture to a crossroads and you're going to toss it into the crossroads over your left shoulder and walk away without looking back. You have set away, send away all of that bad. You're putting it behind you. You're not looking back. You're not hesitating. You're not doubting. You're walking away. You've tossed it in the crossroads. You've cleansed it away with uh, Florida water and you've driven it away with salt Once you've done that, what I want you to do is come home and give yourself a bath. Now, the next part of this is going to be done over seven days. For seven days, that first part, one day. The next seven days is dedicated to the future. What I want you to do is get rue and violet leaves and brew this into a tea. You're going to draw yourself a bath, nice and warm to your liking. You're going to pour your tea into that bath. Add milk and add honey. I've given this uh, recipe or a variation of it a variety of different times on on the show. It is my go-to for any type of love, uncrossing, healing uh, type of bath. It's fantastic, great for the skin, great for the soul. You're going to soak in this. Run your hands first through it so that the honey dissolves into the water and doesn't just sink to the bottom. You can cover it with rose petals as well if you'd like. And you're going to uh, wash yourself in this. Soak in this every day for seven days. Let the, you can let this go down the drain. It's perfectly fine, okay? But on this last day, you're going to do something. Every day after you do your bath, you're going to get out, let yourself air dry. You're going to go to an area that you have set up for yourself. It can be in your bedroom. It can be anywhere that you can dedicate to doing this work. You're going to get yourself a pink naked male figure candle, okay? Uh, an Adam candle. You are going to inscribe on it, my ideal partner to be mine. Anoint it with come-to-me oil, set it facing you. In front of this, I want you to set up a small incense holder, a thurible, a sensor, or a heatproof dish. You are going to fold up the good list that you have, nice and small. Place it on the list, and on t- place it on that uh, dish. On top of the dish, I want you to put some come-to-me incense. You're going to light your candle and light your incense. And you're going to pray that wherever your ideal man is, that they come to you quickly and they are yours and yours alone. You're going to let the candle burn for a little bit. The second the incense goes out, snuff out the candle. Repeat this process for seven days. Okay. Taking the the bath, lighting the incense, and lighting candle. You just Mm -hmm. add a little bit more incense to the ash, light it, light the candle. for for seven days total on the seventh day it will all burn down take what's left of the wax and the incense put it in the four corners of the outside of your house and that will draw that person to you that's my recommendation on what you should do it's an easy straightforward spell done over seven days it helped to heal your heart and draw in that new perfect person that is going to stay
1: with you Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Now I'm going to ask one question because I wasn't sure I heard right. Put the four corners of your house, since people are going to ask, four corners mm-hmm. inside my house or four corners outside my house? Outside of your house. So the four Outside corners your house. Of your, and then they, yeah. You know what they're going to ask next, Ollie? I live yeah. on the 15th story uh, in the corner <laughs> apartment of a big complex. Where do I put it, Ollie?
2: You put it on the four corners of the complex, and then a little bit I would uh, – sprinkle on your front door.
1: Mhm. Okay. All right. That's real important uh, information for people who do live in these urban environments where they don't actually have a detached dwelling. Okay. Well... Uh, beloved, I hope that we have given you um, a good reading, and I know that Ali has given you good information. And if you have any further questions at some other time, just call back and become a client again. You can ask um, for progress reports on what you're doing if you do follow our instructions, and you can also uh, ask other questions if you come back a second time. All right. Well, thank you very much. Now we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, we're going to do reading number two.
0: Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client our next client is a returning caller uh that called about two years ago uh this is area code 609 in new jersey this is m m are you there
3: yes
0: hi hello welcome back to the show i see that you're calling in on a different refer- uh difference issue but the re- issue you called us has changed is that correct
3: well yeah the previous. completely different yes, uh, yes.
0: <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. And M right uh, um I am curious to see if I am Jinx curse-crossed in love. Perhaps as a defect of the generational curse, I seem to be one in a long line of women in my family that have never been able to have successful, long-lasting loving relationships. Having had some relationships end horribly, either in divorce or extreme heartache, I have never been able to keep romantic relationships in my life, no matter what I do and, it, and at best. I can only end up attracting moment, momentary flings that usually end pretty badly. I have only been married before, uh, and the, that uh, that ended in a bad divorce. I've tried some counterwork work both to uncross and draw new love. It has never failed to attract, but again, nothing meaningful ever comes from it. Please help. Turn it back to you, Miss Cat.
1: Well, now isn't that interesting? Now, mm, right about a- now, I think Beloved is going. What the heck? That's my story. (laughs) Um, And for Beloved and for M, and for others who are new to this show, we often have this. We do not arrange it this way. Mm -hmm. But we'll often have two readings on the same topic. This day it's generational curses, long-time curses on love. There have been other times. When both people call up and want to know if they should move to Houston, Texas, it happens, Mm. and um, we look at this as cosmic, you know, psychic weather, you know. So Mm. M. uh, Now M has gone a little farther than beloved down this path. M says, "I've tried to uncross myself and draw new new love." Okay, so M is embarked on the path. Doesn't need that new love bath. I love uncrossing a little that, but still nothing mm-hmm. comes of it. Now M is asking, am I cursed or, or crossed? So let's turn this over to Ali and see what happens.
2: Well, let me tell you, Kat, because it gets even more eerie. Um, not just as uh, M and Beloved have similar situations, but as you probably could hear, I was shuffling my cards while you were talking, and guess which card literally jumped out?
1: Oh, don't tell me, the devil. Yes, the
2: devil devil jumps out. So when a card jumps out, it's it's a big, big sign. So now we have a very clear uh, idea of what's going on. Now, uh, M, there's something different going on in your situation. I want you to note, though, that that devil card appeared. Whenever a card jumps out, uh, most readers will take note of that. They go, okay, this is a card that wants to speak. This is a very clear sign I'm getting here. Um, so the, this is that's important. There is a the, there is serious restriction and going on, and it is causing a, a problem in your relationship. Now, what I've actually done is cast a geomantic chart, which is uh, a in, an ancient Arabic North African practice of of reading signs and figures, usually made um, on uh, in the sand, sometimes made in, on paper through a series of uh, dots and lines, and sometimes made through a Rammel dice, special dice that allowed me to cast the chart with some speed. And so I've looked here and said, okay, so what's going on? So the first house, that's you, Puella. Cuella is a mirror. It tells us that you are interested in love, that you want it. You're also not quite sure what it is you're looking for, so some element of self-reflection is going to be needed, just as in the case of our previous caller. So this is it's a good it's a good figure, not a bad figure, but it does tell me a little bit of self-reflection. A little bit of work done to bring stability into your life. So, doing some some fortifying works is going to be good. Things with Queen Elizabeth Root, very important for you. We look to the little house of relationships. That's the seventh house. Seventh house is a miso. A miso is loss, it is pain, Um, it is heartbreak. So, this literally is telling me the story of your life. Okay, well, look, our love life, it's it's painful, it's difficult that's just confirming what you've already told me. Nothing particularly insightful there, but um, it tells me that I'm on the right track, that I'm reading for the right person. So I ask, what is going on? Is there a curse? And in astrology, we look to the 12th house if there are curses. And the 12th house has Rubius. Rubius is the cup overturned. Yes, there is a curse. All is not right. Your life is not in a uh, normal order. The upright figure is Albus. It is a goblet upon which uh, love and bounty can pour through Um, It is associated often with the Ace of Cups, but here that cup Is overturned, meaning that abundance And love and affection and blessings Can't come in, something has been overturned So what has caused this, is it An enemy, is it a bad person Well it goes to the fourth house, the fourth house is The house of the ancestors, particularly Male ancestors, and what this shows Me, so Rubius passes Into the fourth, is that this comes from Your ancestors, something happened Um, And a curse happened As a generational curse, it seems like one male ancestor deeply wounded, betrayed and hurt a female and was cursed as a result of this. This person didn't seek out to just destroy this man, but was wounded in her heart and called out to God in her righteous anger and pain and was heard. Now the thing that happened was the curse took a life of its own. It now starts to affect the females in the line when it was originally meant to be a corrective against this male ancestor. So now it's affecting you. It was never intended to affect you. It was never intended to harm you or to bring upon you uh, suffering. It was meant as a corrective. And so any work that you need to do is going to involve an element of repentance, an element of Purifying. So, love uncrossing crossing hasn't worked for you because you need to be working with not on crossing work but works of repentance. So, Psalm 51, Hyssop, things like that that will help to ask for forgiveness, calling out to the ancestor, telling the ancestor that they have done wrong or that there needs to be a correction, even calling out to this woman if you can uh, find, it. if there's some way of understanding your family history. Calling out, if you cannot call her without a name, but by a description, and let her know that she should be at peace now that the lesson has been taught, and that now you are seeking love, and then from there to do some type of love work. The good news is that is that this situation can be reversed, that you are not doomed to to face a life of loneliness and suffering in any way, shape, or form. You simply need to get the right aid and the right help. And we see this that Puella passes into the 10th house. So there is a lot of powerful female energy here that you can call upon that to help you Uh, maternal ancestors are going to be the key to kind of those who have suffered with you right if there's anyone in the past who also had these type of uh, situations call upon them and let them know that you are going to work collectively to undo the this ancestral damage Uh, work with a root worker who will assist you through this and guide you through this but there's going to be a lot of personal uh, work that needs to be this isn't something that you can just hand over to a root worker and they're going to they're going to going to light some candles for you now there's going to be an involvement of self-prayer of calling out to god of calling out to your ancestors and working to kind of undo the damage that was there so this is an unintended curse if you will something that has been passed down through generation to generation and mutated on its own hopefully that helps give you some insight on why this is happening and a little bit of direction on how this goes forward. does this make sense to you yes yes thank you so much Uh, Okay, great. We're going to hand this over to Ms. Aidi who will continue with uh, an- another reading, and then Miss Kat will come in and give you some rootwork work advice.
3: Okay. Can I ask you which sign are you?
1: Sure. I'm a Libra. Libra. Isn't that interesting? Oh, geez. <laughs>
3: <Wow>. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got basically a lot of what conjumentally has said I, i'm not not that great of detail that they tell me that someone was treated unjustly unjustly in love and this person did perform a curse and it almost looks to me that they're telling me obviously this person's dead i do have the death card i do have yes. the devil card i do have the eight ...of swords, which is a person that's binded and tied up to a fence. I do have the nine of wands. I mean, I've got the ten of swords. I've got everything indicating a curse and a binding spell. It makes me want to wonder if she tied up anything sexual or related to sexual... Okay, Okay. I got the lovers with the ten of swords So that's not good either So relationships, yes So really, I really don't have much to offer Other than it looks to me like in the long-term future And when I do say long-term, I don't mean years and years from now I'm saying 12 months Okay, after work, after some work, it's going to turn around, and then I see you victorious in love. But it's going to take you quite a while to get this crap off of you. Oh,
1: man. And that's all I have. Okay, thank you. Wow, all right. So although the question was virtually the same, and some of the same cards came out. As you can see, the interpretation as the other cards around these devil card, uh manifested is, in your case, that there is some sort of generational curse. So I'm going to ask um, a couple more questions before I give you some root work advice. Um, okay. About how old are you? I'm 32. 32. And um, so... My my feeling here is you are certainly young enough to rewrite the ship of your life and um, I think Aida said be prepared to devote 12 months to this or as the um, neo-pagans and northern Europeans will say a year and a day and it's a good time to take a vow and just say I'm going to devote a year and a day to making my life better. Now, mm-hmm. um, you can start that on any day that you want to, just when you feel strong enough, when you've got things together. Miss Aida said something important too, which was that she believed you probably should work with somebody as a root worker. That does not mean unless I misinterpret Miss Aida, which I don't think I am, she does not mean you should pay somebody twelve thousand dollars to do this at the rate of a thousand dollars a month and then you'll be fixed. That's not what she's mm-hmm. talking about. She's talking about you working in consultation with and in partnership with a worker who can guide you through this. So I'm going to recommend that if you do get a root worker, and I also see that this is not a situation that I'm going to say to you, hey, yeah, take a bath and hyssop, and it's all going to be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. You would want to work with a root worker who is willing to make some kind of a contractual Relationship with you. Not all root workers will do this. Not even all the root workers at air will do this. But yeah. I would say, see if you can find someone who will contract for twelve months' worth of work, and that work to include certain specified things, such as baths to be sent to you. This, and this is serious. I mean, I want this written down so you understand it. Baths to be okay. sent to you. Um, candle and altar work to be done for you. Um, And you might need to send um, some personal concerns for that purpose. And that you are to be kept in touch with by this person once a week, 52 times in one year, Uh, just an email or maybe a brief phone call of 10 minutes per week. This will not be inexpensive because the root worker obviously has to be paid for their time and for the work. But I don't think – I mean, if you want to get off with doing it and you don't have a lot of money – You could say, all right, I want to call every two weeks, but no farther than that. You need to be guided along this path toward um, uh, being um, free of this situation. Now, the other thing that I'm going to recommend is that you work with somebody who works with ancestors, not every Root work Doctor or Root Worker does work with ancestors. And those who do have certain specific ways of working. I would, I'm going to give a couple of recommendations from um, AIR, people I know who work with ancestors. I'm not going to name them all. I'm just going to name a couple. But these are people who I know know how to work with ancestors and do a very good and compassionate job. One of them is our own Miss Aida. And the other one is Mama E. And Mama E, in particular, has even taught um, a workshop on how to work with spirits. And um, I think that that she would be equally good as Miss Aida. What you want to work toward is what's called the elevation of that spirit. And that's often done in the form of physically uh, taking a glass of water and every a day or every week or however however you're going to do the timing and these timings vary um, raising that glass up a step on a stepped um, or stacked um, array of bricks or books or a ladder until that glass that represents water that represents that ancestor is elevated. Um, You will call upon the ancestor to uh, move to a happier place. You might play good music. You might put out nice perfumes. There is going to be some spiritual mediumistic work that the root worker is going to do, which is why I can't tell you what to do right now because I'm not functioning right now as a spirit medium although uh, there are certain things that are always acceptable in such an elevation of the spirit. If, If you want to read about the elevation of the spirit before you undertake to do this with the help of a root worker, you can find a very good description in the book Deliverance by Kai Armand. Now, you might attempt it yourself if you wish to, but my sense of this is that you are going to need a bit more... Um, guidance I, I say that from my heart I'm not saying that because I don't want to give you a spell, I'm just saying there's this, once we start talking about generational curses and ancestors, we know we're not going to solve this problem in five minutes on the radio okay,
0: and the readings
1: were very clear about that so um, it it is going to involve personal work and it's going to involve an examination of who your ancestors were don't be misled and get hung up on somebody on the Internet who promises they can do all of this for $12,000. I'm serious. $12,000 is not a number I picked out of a hat. In the past four months, I have had two clients who paid $12,000 for an ancestral uh, remediation, and they were just basically taken to the bank and dumped. you know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. So you want to work with someone who really wow. will work with you, and um, it it can be... Um, a fragile situation because I know that you are, um, I know that you are under some sort of a of a curse, shadow, dark effect, and it is from the past. So don't run and run in your fear to the first person on the net who says, "I can fix you, baby." Don't do it. Yep. Don't do it. Okay. No, no. Um, I'm going to even go farther, and I'm going to recommend a female root worker. A female yes. root worker. And that goes with what contra- oh, thank you, Contramenali. Mm-hmm. That goes with what he said. Um as well. A female root worker. You got Puella, which is Latin for girl. Mm-hmm. You got um the spilled cup. Um it reminds me of course of the five of cups in the tarot, the spilled cups. This is oh, a yeah. this is has female elements to it and um it may have been done, sadly enough, in an attempt to protect females from ever being taken advantage of by men again. Yeah. But it went too far. It went too far, as as uh, Ali says, it it mutated into something that is actually destructive of your ability to have a long-term relationship. So... Okay. Um, I, I wish you all the best. I wish you well because I, I seriously believe that this can be um, made to to um, be helpful for you. In the meantime, simply as what we might call an emergency while you're waiting for this, you could easily use a little bath such as 13-herb bath um, or any kind of, uh, you know, just hyssop. Um, a few prayers and um, and bathe in those once a week while you're waiting for um, um, a connection to somebody who's going to be your guide. Do not expect this thing to be lifted quickly. Um, it will change your life when it is lifted, and you will know it will be gone. It's not going to be something that's going to linger till you're 50. I I don't believe any of us saw that, mm-hmm. but you do have to take some steps with a helper. Yes, don't right. despair. <laughs> don't despair. It can be. This can be um, helped. All right, we're going to uh, turn this over to our fabulous technological um, fabulosity department.
2: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condruman Ollie. Sundays, three to four thirty, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John Saint Germain. Tuesdays, five to six, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya. Wednesdays, six to seven, and The Witch, The Priestess and The Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lafay. Fridays, six to seven. All times Pacific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville,
0: California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Aida of MissAida.com in Detroit, Michigan. Take it away, Miss Aida.
3: Okay. So, you know, everybody does variations of spells. Everybody who's a practitioner, not everybody does everything exactly the same way. And as I had told you earlier in the song, Babaloo, Babaloo, he calls for 17 candles placed in the shape of a cross he calls for a cigar he calls for that strong alcohol called aguardiente and he calls for some money so here's my version of the spell and this spell can be done for money for illness any type of illness to keep a a, a lover faithful or new love okay we will need two Saint Lazarus vigil candles, sixteen shine candles, either white, yellow or purple. Remember I told you purples to honor Saint Lazarus um, as a, a call that he's more no, noble than that guy dives who wouldn't feed him. Saint Lazarus. Oil. Well, I can't say that. St. Lazarus incense. A lit cigar. A small bowl of honey. Now, what people don't know, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people do know this, is St. Lazarus loves, San Lazaro loves honey. Okay, and some of your very potent spells in Santeria, with, working with San Lazaro, involve honey. 17 pennies and a small bowl of bread. Guess what? For his dogs. (laughs) Prior to petitioning St. Lazarus, and I say this all the time about any saint, you got to be familiar with them. You don't just say, hey, you know, here I am, do this for me. So I call this the getting familiar with the saint, any saint. Prior to petitioning, St. Lazarus, light one of the vigil candles and introduce yourself to him. Tell him the candle is for him to enjoy. Keep the candle lit and talk to him every day. Do not ask for anything. Once that candle has been consumed, then you can start your petition. You would anoint the chime candles with the oil and then roll them in the incense. With the vigil candle in the middle you're going to form a cross with the other candle so that there's four candles in each direction to sign the for- to form the sign of the cross make sure your petition is under that vigil candle so when you have the cross you also have four spaces or four triangles Place the lit cigar on a fireproof container like an ashtray in one of the triangles, the small bowl of honey in another, the 17 pennies in another, and the bread offering to his dogs in the last section. Light the candles and pray to St. Lazarus with your petition. Make sure that you tell him that there are offerings for him and then point to the bread and say this is for your dogs. Pray every day while the vigil candle is still lit. When the spell, the spell is over, the, the, um, the bread and the honey can de- be deployed, but the pennies must be given to a homeless person or a beggar along with some dollar bills. You're not just going to give them 17 pennies, right? Remember that you may be tested when you least expect it. Okay, once you start petitioning St. Lazarus, he may test you. And I know this from personal experience. If a beggar asks you for money, give it to him. If you see somebody at a stoplight with a sign, it is not up to you to make a decision that they're going to buy drugs or alcohol or whatever. You don't know that. It's none of your business. Okay, give them money. And that
1: is the spell. Wow. So this is, um, no matter what every beggar, during the time period you were doing this spell, no matter what they look like, uh, you got to give it to them. Yep. Okay. Yes, and I'm going to add something here. Now, this is not my culture or my religion, but I'm just going to ask a question, because I have a very strong opinion. This does not mean go uh, fund me and send $5 to somebody. This means face-to-face, right? Yes. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Right. Face-to-face. It's sometimes now, everybody very... I've, You know, the the few people, not everybody is like the thousand people, but the people that I have taught this spell to, each and every one of them ran into a beggar afterwards.
1: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I Interesting. get that. Yeah, I get that. Now, when you ask for this and this favor that you're going to ask for, um and as you as you do this work, I know that there are again people who are unfamiliar with altar work of this type and they're going to ask, Well, but Miss Saida, what do I do with the bread if it gets moldy? Right? What do I do with the honey, Miss Saida?
3: Okay, you can deploy it at the crossroads, you know, mm-hmm. which we believe in our faith, that you know, the Man of the Crossroads, we believe is Eligua. Okay, mm-hmm. it can go to him. You can put okay. it in the woods that we believe Eligua go on You know, you can put it there.
1: You would. Okay. Do, there's, there's so
3: many similarities between Hoodoo and the other African derivative uh, traditions.
1: So of course, I'm, I I'm, just just, try, I'm just trying to be a. You know, I'm I'm just trying to ask the questions. I know what I'd do, but I'm just trying to ask the questions on behalf of people who are unfamiliar with this stuff. Right, I, definitely, right. um, I am I am playing the ignoramus here. So, um, <laughs> tell <laughs> and, us what well, you, you would know. do. Oh, what I would do? I would put the honey out for by an ant's nest and ask the ants to carry my petition around the world because I work in hoodoo, all <laughs> right, And we often okay. work with ants and i would give the bread to a dog but that's just me. well
3: that is excellent that is excellent <laughs> especially if it's a stray dog wow that's really yeah.
1: cool a, yeah a stray dog yeah and if i didn't have a stray dog around i might just put it out again as you said in the woods um if i had uh, but i would i would definitely want to you know the honey also um honey is is for sweetness as you know and another thing is if i had um to carry it in my tradition if the favor I was asking was of somebody let's say I need to ask my boss for a raise so I'm going to you know involve St. Lazarus in my prayer for more money but I might take that honey and bake some honey cookies or honey cake and feed some to my boss too mm. just to get that mm. little bit in there but that's just me you know I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I tend to like to do cooking spells and I, I tend to like to uh, feed people my desires, as it were. But this is really more of a work directly with that saint rather than trying right. to influence the boss. Yeah, right. I hear you. Right. Okay. Well, and... um Alchemical Artisan's Hour said I'd give it to the birds because they fly around the world That's true too <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Alchemical Artisan's Hour said I would never give moldy bread to a person I'll tell you something one more Before we get Papa nude in here Bread very rarely molds on the altar in my experience It mostly dries yes. You're lighting yes. candles and things It's a pretty dry environment If your bread yes. is molding on the altar uh, You need to clean up your house a little bit My mm-hmm. opinion just, just. <laughs> Uh, I, I've had it go dry as you know, just dry as toast, but I haven't ever had it really mold on my altar. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. Um and um all right. Well thank you very, very much, uh, Miss Aida for that. Now guys look out for her book. After all that goodness and that happy saint. Uh we're gonna get, she's coming out with a book called Destroying Relationships. All right, and that'll be out in April. So let's turn this over to Papa Newt and see if he can wind us up with the hum from Omaha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Countryman Ali, and thank you, Miss Aida of MissAida.com and uh, Detroit, Michigan, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers will be Susan Barnes of SusanBarnesAuthor.com uh, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, discussing changing bad luck into good. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Man Ali at the contraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining you from papanew.com in, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com/radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I like to say. Thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again at the same time uh, next week uh, when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jugman plane, the Jugman Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.
1: Okay. (laughs) Hoodoo Heritage Festival tickets are on sale at hoodooheritagefestival.com. Good night.
2: Good night. Good night.